Welcome to History Conspiracy Podcast, where we provide the audio and you decide whether it's history or conspiracy. Here, Lyndon Johnson is on the phone just before the 1964 presidential election discussing with John Conley his trip back to Dallas, the scene of President Kennedy's assassination. Hello? John? Yes, sir, Jack. Hello. President, how are you? Oh, I got a bad cold, John. I'm staying here. I'm Stan Walters under the weather. Blood, hard, but he has police arrest a week ago on Marlowe's charge. And they picked him up once before in 59, according to information we just now getting. And the Republican National Committee and the water people called him from Watertown. He'll be running the big story on it. meeting in Dallas with these 225 business people. They got the word last weekend about a dinner in Dallas. They had a breakfast yesterday morning. Tom Suggs came to San Antonio last night and told me that they had a quarter of 600 tickets up there. Yesterday morning, in 30 minutes, they sold $113,000 worth of tickets at one meeting yesterday morning. I understand today they've sold 700 in Dallas alone. But I understand, uh, of course, this is a statewide dinner, which you know I won't go into all the details on it, but I understand you you just said you're not going to go. Well, I never heard anything about it until yesterday afternoon. They came in and said we were having a fundraising dinner in Fort Worth or some kind of breakfast in Dallas. Fundraising dinner, and I never heard of. 
And also it's nice, don't you think? Yes, sir. None whatever. You have no choice. Suppose we just say, well, he's a, had a nervous breakdown, and he's sick, and all these facts come out. I think that's about all you can say. Well, but, uh, uh, but suppose we don't say he's resigned. Oh, I think you're going to have to say that. I, I don't think you can cover it up. If hell, if the facts are out, uh, uh, you don't have any choice. It's just one of those tragic things, but you don't have any choice. None, whatever. Not what, at all. What's the political effect of it? On top of Baker? It'll be harmful, but not, uh, not appreciably so. evaluate it in a moment, but uh, it'll obviously be harmful because uh, you, you'll have them now, they'll be digging up the Sumner Wells thing, and at least in their private conversations, you know, and talking about uh, communists and homos and everything else uh, that infiltrated the government and all that sort of thing, tying into the Morrow's business, and uh, although they've been talking about Morrow's in a completely different light, but... Uh, uh, it, it can't help, certainly. No question about that. It, it'll be harmful. I think your only, I think your only answer to it is to be uh, swift and decisive in your actions. That's all you can do. If you have any other thoughts, call me and White House switchboard in New York. Archer. And I'll see you on the weekend. I'll do anything that you think ought to be done. And Archer. Just go on. If you think they ought to go up there, we'll just go on. Yeah. If it's that far along, maybe I've got to go. I'll, I'll give some more. I have got any throat left. Well, don't talk to me, God Almighty. Just, uh, now, Mr. President, let me also, while I've got you on the phone, suggest one other thing to you. And I don't know, I, I know what you're going through within reason, because we went through it in 41, we went through it in 48, and they're, they're all tough. I would very strongly recommend to you that you that you knock out your Sunday thing, your Sunday trip to Laredo and Corpus. I just don't think it's that important to you. I don't think it'll get you a damn vote. You'll get good crowds. But uh, you don't need to do it, and both politically and personally, you need to rest on Sunday. And particularly with uh, the, so the sort of thing that's coming up right tonight, I would not go anywhere else on a Sunday. And let me also suggest, just give you something to think about tonight. You've got two weeks left. Again, the only place you're vulnerable at all is on the, the moral the moral thing, the character thing. The time, thing for you to do now is to close ranks. The only way you answer that is not directly, but in your demeanor, uh, in the in the image that you create. I would very strongly suggest that you think tonight and tomorrow about uh, making Ms. Johnson go with you and the girls go with you wherever you go and not let them go independently of you. Uh, leave the impression now that they're not all four of you out running in every direction, just grabbing votes, and I'm putting it crudely uh, to make a point. But that uh, you're consolidating your family, your husband and your wife and your two daughters. You are an American family. And I think uh, you ought to give some thought to this tonight. Well, she's going to do it except on one engagement in, uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, a day in Texas. She's going to be with me in all of them. Well, all the other travels, but she's, uh, Lucy's got, they booked her each week.
But it's something for you to think about. I I feel pretty strongly about it, but I don't want to. I know you got a speech tonight, and I don't want to bore you with it. But uh, I think this is the greatest answer you can give. That you present that you do two things. One, you draw your family as close to you as you can. You travel together as a unit. You appear together as a unit. You're photographed together as a unit. Particularly in the light of what's happened here tonight. And secondly, that you cut out all your Sunday appearances, except perhaps travel from one place to another because you don't need it. You don't need it. You're way ahead. What you got to do now is be damn sure you don't make a mistake. Okay. Thanks. Right. Gotcha. In this conversation with Defense Secretary Robert McNamara, President Johnson discusses his own security as President of the United States. I just think it's uh, indefensible politically. And I've been trying to defend myself 30 years without too much success. But if I ask you, what are they doing up there? You say they're ceremonial. They'll say, well, here's a guy that cuts out lights in the White House and fires little $1,200 clerks. But he's got the big escort. If you say it's to protect his life, they say, God Almighty, what's happened? And you notify every other nut in the country. Now, I don't, I think what we ought to do is go to a military airport, and I'm going to Palm Beach, too, and uh, uh, see Mr. Kennedy. And uh, uh, if this fighter escorts up there, well, it better be so damn far nobody ever sees it, and it better not be many of them. And, uh, Would you? Would you be willing to come back in the daytime on Monday? Yeah, yeah, I've got to. Well, they I, make me do that. Mr. President, I think that we can uh, eliminate the the honor guard at the uh, at the receiving end, which is a visible part of the, the fighter display. The the cap above uh, won't be detectable. I think we can assure that. All right. Now, I'd be quite frank with you. If I were you, I wouldn't do any bit of a damn bit of it. Maybe I should have. Made my position. That's what I. That's exactly what I wanted you and Russ to do, and I didn't make it clear enough to you. I said I've got two house detectives up there that they're going to want to play cops and robbers, and boy, they love them. I tell you, I've got them around me here now. Well, that's my fault. It seems for both of us. You know how many White House police I got over here? Three hundred. It's unthinkable. You ought to have about three gates, and you ought to have one on each gate, and three shifts, and you ought to have fifteen. But uh, uh, there are 300 White House police. And uh, I don't know how many Secret Service, but I know one time they had me about 30 when I was vice president until I was fired a bunch of them. And uh, they, to me, they advertise it cause more trouble than they do. But now how do we, do you talk, take it up with the proper people in and just say we don't have any honor guard? And, uh, and if your men want to be flying in that area at that time, uh, normal, uh, test flight, so that's all right. I don't have any objection, but uh, I don't want it done on my account. All right. And okay. The change is elimination of the honor guard. I'll talk yeah. to Dean about it, and then I'll issue the order to all eliminate right. it. Yeah. yeah. Now he's uh, he's got. I talked to him this morning. He's got an idea that just one president and all that kind of stuff, and you build it up, boy, we could you could spend a hundred billion protecting the life. I have the same idea, but I'll be quite frank with you. I don't think that jets and landing are worth a damn in protection against the. 
plane that's a propeller-driven plane that wants to kamikaze you. So, uh, from my point of view, we're not reducing your protection by eliminating them. Now, they, everyone won't agree with me on that, but I think that's the reason. Well, get, get, get somebody in the military yeah. that will agree with you yeah. and then tell them that. Yeah. Tell them uh, you well, checked into it. for saying it. We, we had some North Vietnamese planes we thought coming into South Vietnam. It took us six months to find out whether they were or weren't airplanes. They were moving so slowly we didn't have a plane in South Vietnam that could tell. So I'd use that as a basis for it. Yeah, to get me out of it somewhat. I will. But, Thank you. In these conversations, first with Supreme Court Justice Abe Fortas, and then with Nicholas Katzenbach, President Johnson discusses the continuing controversy in 1966 about the assassination of President Kennedy. Say, uh, Bobby's making quite a show of this uh, assassination thing. Got a big story in U.S. News this week. Uh, about Kennedy assassination, question raised and answered. I haven't read it, but it looks like he does a good job for the Warren Commission. But uh, uh, he's got everybody raising questions about it. They claim now the Manchester book's going to raise a lot of questions. He's got Lou Harris running the poll, and good, the majority of them doubt that this is the whole story on Kennedy. Did you see that poll? Yes, sir. So, and 2% of them think that I did it, you know, according to Lou Harris. Now, Lou Harris is just owned by Bobby. He got him making polls all over the country. He got him to make this one showing that he beat me two points, which was a phony at the time, although I think it's true now, because I think that they've sold the poll all over the country. And I think everybody says, oh, God. And I read seven stories this weekend where nobody wanted me. And the very people that weren't wanting me, North Carolina, were up here the day before yesterday, begging me to come. The governor came up himself. But... Uh, Bobby puts out that stuff, and all of them write it. Baltimore Sun wrote it, New York Times wrote it, Washington Post wrote it. He has one backgrounder up on the hill. I don't know how to deal with that. Well, on the uh, Warren Commission thing itself, I, uh, you know, um, Jacobson called yeah. uh, Chief, and then Chief called me in and asked me if I could handle it for him. He didn't think he ought to handle it direct, and I called uh, Jake, and... Uh, told him uh, the chief wouldn't uh, reply to his inquiry, but he ought to get in touch with me, keep, keep me informed now. I, uh, uh, there is, um, well, I didn't, I didn't, he didn't make any inquiry of him, did he? Sir? He didn't make any inquiry of the chief, did he? Uh, I thought he just told him to call this to his attention and see that his general counsel knew that this effort was going on so that they wouldn't overlook it. Uh, well, uh, that's what he, I told him. He uh, thought he wanted some comment back. Oh, no. No all, I, no, all I want him to do is tell his law clerk, if he knew him, that he ought to remind, tell a chief that this was heading up up here in the Senate yeah. building. He ought to watch it and ought to have ranking and whoever he had yeah. to kind of look at these things. I'd clip this poll of Harris's, Vincent, hmm. and I'd put it on the top of my file. I'd take these interviews and put them on. I would keep a little eye on each one of these guys that writes an article. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, there's some couple of things that uh, I'm doing uh, that uh, not quite uh, ready. But number one, the chief and I talked about this. I told him I thought somebody ought to write a book on his side and do it right away. And he thinks the best man to do that is Lee Rankin and his counsel to the 
Committee, you know, who's Eisenhower's Solicitor General. Yeah. And he was counsel to the Warren Committee. Yeah. I think that's a fine idea. I don't think it'll work because Rankin is a counselor up in the city of New York to Lindsay. But in any event, Chief's going to ask him uh, next day or two. <laughs> number one. Number two. Why won't he? You just don't think he'll have time to do it. That's right. Yes, sir. Otherwise, he'd do it. He's a fine man. Number two, uh, President, you know... Would he be a good man for us to have a solicitor general? Well, he was solicitor general. I say, would he? would be grand, but he got out if he wanted to come back. Why would he want to be counselor in New York, then? Oh, I don't know. Politics, I guess, getting the political swing. He's first-rate man. Well, maybe he ought to be deputy. That's a place where you make all your your appointments. Yeah. He's a Republican. Over in the FBI, evolved, and uh, he also there's also a picture 
of uh, the uh, President Kennedy's brain. I sure think we ought to, and I think you ought to point this, these little things up. Each week, they hit them. Now, they got an aid a, a, a agency up there. They tell me they got 41 men working yes. Kennedy Foundation, yes. and they just visit this stuff all day long. Again, in a conversation with Governor John Conley of Texas, Lyndon Johnson talks about the ongoing investigation in New Orleans of District Attorney Jim Garrison. Charlie Payne is the general manager who talked to me all 
one of Hoffa's uh, uh, lawyers went to one of our uh, uh, mutual friends and uh, asked him to come and relay that to us, uh, just about like you have uh, uh, related it. A uh, week or two passed, and then Pearson came to me, Drew Pearson, told me that the lawyer, Edwin Morgan here, had uh, told him the same thing and said that they would plead to, uh, they, would, they would tell all the story after November when the limitation ran. I don't know. Our lawyers said they couldn't believe that there's any limitation on the conspiracy. But uh, I talked to another one or two of our good lawyers that I have recognized uh, uh, pretty high place a few months ago. And uh, he evaluated pretty carefully and said that it was ridiculous. Now, with the CIA thing breaking and the thing uh, turning as it did and reconstructing uh, the requests that were made of me back there at the, right after I became president, I, I have uh, talked some more about it, and I've got to, the EG coming down to see me uh, tomorrow night uh, to spend a weekend with me. I thought I'd go over it with him again to, so that they could... Uh, so Hoover and them could uh, watch it very carefully. They say that uh, there's not anything to the garrison story. Uh, at least Hoover says so, as near as he can tell. He says that uh, they interviewed Ferry and they interviewed this other fellow very carefully and closely, and the fellow claims that he got a call from Oswald, but that they can't find any record of it, and the doctor had him under surveillance, said that he wasn't in a position to talk on November the 23rd, and he's under very heavy sedation, and that the, the Shaw thing is a phony, and that Ferry died of natural causes, and that uh, that was a phony, but uh, that uh, some of these same sources that were preventing trying to involve this jail thing uh, uh, have been feeding stuff to Garrison, as they did here. I don't know whether there's any basis for it or not. Uh, I noticed even my Larry, Larry Blackman, yesterday was in to see me on another matter, and he started uh, making a big pitch about this other situation. And uh, so I don't know how much of it is being fed out through their network and through their channels, and uh, how much of it uh, anybody would know. It's pretty hard to see how we would know uh, directly uh, what uh, Castro did. Yeah. Uh, the story varies a good deal. Uh, if you go to looking at it, as uh, Abe said, uh, who is it that's seen Castro, or heard Castro, or knows Castro that could be confirming all this, uh, that we just hear that this is what he did, but nobody points to how we hear it. And so we will look into it, and I appreciate very much your calling, man. I'll, I'll uh, try to bear this in mind. I may have you talk to the other fellow when you get back home uh, just uh, for a minute because uh, I think it, it's something we have to be aware of and watch without uh, getting uh, uh, caught either way. He made a very big talk today and to stop the bombing, and had a pretty good crowd. Mansfield complimented him, and Fulbright did, and a good many. And he's got a very uh, 
persuasive speech uh, to the public uh, that wants peace and all that kind of stuff. And he said, if we just stop for a week and set a day certain and tell them, and then if it didn't go on. Well, we've done that three times, and we just finished Tet period. We gave them a week, and they didn't stop. They just loaded 50,000 tons of cargo down there. And But they voted on it in the House on the amendment offered to stop the bombing, and they only got 17 votes. It was 300 and something to 17. And so I'm going to leave here in a little bit. As soon as I get through the Congress, I've had my last reception and go home. When are you going home? I'm going tomorrow. Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk to you. Going to the ranch or Austin? I'm going to Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Ha- I'll talk to you down there. I just thought something that this was out in the Yeah, yeah, I think it's right. I think it's good, and I think it's right. I think, I think, I think. I don't know how, I don't know what he well, no, I've told you all I know. That's all we know. And uh, the FBI thinks that both Ferry and Shaw are frauds. Uh, I mean that Garrison is using them as a fraud, that they have interviewed both of them at great length. They have heard these things, and they interviewed them back uh, in the, for the Warren Commission. Uh, they do not give any credit to it, but uh, we can't ever be sure, and we just want to keep watching and so on and so forth. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. In one of his last public statements about the assassination of President Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson discusses it with reporter Walter Cronkite. During a long interview I had with Mr. Johnson at the LBJ Ranch in September 1969, we talked about the Kennedy assassination. A portion of the interview was not broadcast at the president's request on the grounds, he said, of national security. I asked Mr. Johnson then whether he was satisfied there was no international conspiracy in his assassination. I can't uh, honestly say that I've ever been completely relieved of the fact that uh, there might have been international connections. You mean you still feel that there might might have been? Uh, well, I have not completely discounted. Well, that would seem to indicate that you uh, don't have full confidence in the Warren Commission no. report. No, I think the Warren Commission study and I think first of all is composed of the ablest, most judicious, bipartisan men in this country. Second, I think they had only one objective, and that was the truth. Third, I think they were competent and did the best they could. But I don't think that they or me or anyone else is always absolutely sure of every uh, thing that might have motivated Oswald or or others that uh, could have been loved. Thank you.